0: All right, good morning, everybody. Good to see everyone's faces and stuff. It's awesome, a nice hot July summer and all that mess, sticky weather, and ugh. It's like my least favorite time of year is summertime, but I can't can't wait for fall. Some of you guys like to splash around in water and stuff like that, that's not for me. There's like stuff floating around in there and living, and so it's like, it ain't going to happen. All right, so we're, we're, uh, we're doing this awesome series this summer, as you guys know, following this, uh, the letter of 1 John, and uh, I'm, I'm just loving it. You know, Scott's is really teaching me a lot and all that kind of stuff, and also for Miss Debbie, and, and so I'm just excited for what's coming up and everything. And I have had a really nice time studying this part, you know, Antichrist and all that fun stuff. So that's what we're going to dive into this morning and uh, get started here. All right, so the first part of that verse from our friend who, who read it up there, this is uh, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. So what is this last hour? So we know, we pretty much know, you put it all together. It's basically the last days. It's the, the final times. And this is basically this, this stretch of time where between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. And so Jesus talked about this when he was on the earth. He talked about how in the last days all this stuff is going to happen. And so this is what, this is what um, his disciples, his apostles knew about what the final days were going to be. And let's just talk about, what, let's go back to, let's go to Matthew 24 starting in verse 3. It says, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, and they said, tell us, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. And then Jesus goes on to talk about, like, rumors of wars, and nations rising against nation, and famines, and earthquakes, and Disciples being persecuted and put to death and all these false prophets, increased wickedness, the gospel being preached all over the world, the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple and all that kind of stuff. And then he goes on to say say in um, verse 23 of Matthew chapter 24, he says, At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect." See, I have told you ahead of time. And then he goes on again about talking about more stuff about the, the end times, talking about how the sun's going to be dark and the moon's going to be dark and all this stuff's going to happen. He talks about his second coming, that he's coming back. And then he goes on to say in verse 36, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun, but only the Father. And then go down to verse 42, and he says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night that the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So this is Jesus talking about this final time, this last hour, this, these last days. And you gotta think about all this stuff that's coming up and, and you know we seem like for all these years of Christian history trying to we're trying to make these calendars and these and these systems and these maps trying to find out okay when is Jesus actually coming trying to figure it all out and okay these are the signs of the end times and all these things are going to happen and, but the truth is the end times started as soon as he left you know so we, we had this idea of thinking well this is the end times you know and sometimes we go around and we're saying, well this is the the last days of the last days you know <laughs> we're almost there right it's not gonna be another 2,000 years is it but it started in this time so think about the stuff that happened in, in the Apostle John's time so when he's writing this letter to the people they're understanding that what the last hour is they're understanding what the last days is because you know, here's John saying think about what happened in his lifetime his lifetime he's uh you know his brothers and sisters in Christ are being persecuted They've been cruci- they've been crucified. They've been put to death. They've been put in the Colosseums. All this terrible stuff. His own brother had been uh, put to death. You know, if you watch the Chosen series, that's, that's big, big James. His uh, so his brother James got killed. The the temple in Jerusalem got destroyed, just as Jesus had prophesied. And um, it's in the, and you got these crazy uh, uh, um, emperors and and um, stuff happening. Uh, King Herod and the and the Jewish part and just, just crazy. Just the, the Jewish leaders wreaking havoc against the Christians. And so a lot of death, a lot of running, a lot of hiding, a lot of preaching, crazy stuff going on. And so to him, this, this is the last times, this is the last hours because it has, it has begun. All these things that Jesus started talking about are starting to happen. And um, so you gotta, so this is the perspective that his, his, the people he's writing to are having. They're understanding, okay, this is it. This is what he's talking about. And so even then, the disciples and the apostles and the Christians knew they were in the last days. And, you know, you come up to today, man, we're still in the last days. There's still earthquakes and rumors of wars and wars and all these kind of things happening and deceivers and all these things. It's all still happening. So the next part of this verse, as you talk about, is the last hour, and you have heard the Antichrist is coming. And so knowing that it's the last hour, knowing this Antichrist is coming in the last days, you know, they've heard this before. So he's he's writing to them, telling them something that they know. So we think about the Antichrist. Some of you probably think about, I don't know, Nikolai Carpathia from the Left Behind series or something like that. Or you think about Damian Thorne from the Omen series, those horror films from back in the the late 70s, early 80s, you know, with the Rottweilers and going around killing people. And the the 666 mark, birthmark um, on his head and, you know, him being the son of Satan you know, spawned from a jackal woman, you know, whatever, just crazy stuff. That's all fiction, you know, so this is, this is not really what we're going with there. With there. And um, the Apostle Paul talks about, he doesn't use the word antichrist, he talks about the man of lawlessness or the man of sin in his letter to the, the second letter to the Thessalonians. And um, the Apostle John refers to this person as well in the book of Revelation um, as he calls him the beast. And both the Paul and John are pulling this from the prophet Daniel, which is from the Old Testament, um, because the prophet Daniel talks about this, this person, this individual, which will rise up in the last days. So let's look at uh, what Paul writes about this, because Paul kind of sums it all, all together in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say, that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that I told you about all these when I was, was with you? And you know what is holding him back, for he can be for he can be revealed only when this time when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. The man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived, and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. So we're not talking about the Antichrist today, but I just wanted to give you a backdrop of what, again, what John is talking about. And what his readers are kind of knowing about this Antichrist and kind on of, those kind of things. So, what John is saying is he's talking about Antichrists, plural, many. And so, and, and think about the Antichrist is the only, John is the only one who uses this term Antichrist. There's nowhere else in the, in the Bible anyone uses this term. And so, it's only in his, in his epistles that he's, t- he's calling this person or this person or persons Antichrist. And so, Antichrist is meaning anti-Christ, uh, opposed to Christ, opposed uh, against Christ. And so what is Christ? So it's not Jesus' last name. Yeah, I'm Jesus Christ, I'm in the seas, right? No, not, it's not, it's a title, and it means anointed one. In Hebrew, it's, it's Messiah. I can't say the, the actual Hebrew version, because I don't want to spit up something. Just, you know, how they say it. But, um, you know, we say Messiah. So both of them mean the same thing. The Greek is Christ. The Hebrew is Messiah, anointed one. So what does it mean to be anointed? So we know like in the Old Testament, it was priests and kings who were anointed and uh, sometimes prophets, sometimes places would be anointed. And this was supposed to be the place where heaven and earth met, where, where um, the ways of heaven would intersect. And, uh, and that's basically what was God's intention to begin with when he first created mankind was this link to be from earth and heaven Eden being interlaced together and all those kind of things, but that got destroyed. So this anointing, to be the anointed one, is the one who's this meter, this bridge between heaven and earth. And so that's who Christ is. Christ is the one, the anointed one. So that's where that Christ comes from. So to be an antichrist is to be unanointed. You're not from God. They're not from God. They have the absence of, they have the absence of heaven. They have the absence of the knowledge of God. They have the, the absence of the truth of God. So these antichrists that the Apostle John is talking about are false teachers, heretics, speaking falsely about Jesus the Christ, denying his true nature, and leading Christians away from the truth. So we kind of think about, okay, so what, what is John referring to, to the, in this letter? Who are these antichrists? These, these, um, so obviously, John and the apostles have been working for years, you know, decades, preaching the gospel and trying to, trying to get the truth out. And you got these people rising up in the, in the churches or going to the churches, Talking about all kinds of goofy stuff. And so you have these Gnostics, these early Gnostics, talking about some of them being, one person being uh, Serinthus, who was this, uh, this person that the early church fathers had, had written about, who was kind of like, and that John would have known of. John probably would have known personally. And um, some, some of the church fathers believe that this was actually the, the person or the, uh, that John was writing kind of countering against because this this Syrenthus had his own little gospel going around talking about stuff. So some of the things that this guy believed was like, you know, Christ was, he he was fully man. He was just, Joseph was his father. There was no virgin birth and he was just a man who was just righteous. He did really good and the spirit of Christ, the Christ spirit came upon him, upon his baptism, you know, with uh, John the Baptist at that time. And then, so it was like, he was like Mario in the, in the video game. He got powered up, deer, 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 you know, and he was all of a sudden, he's the Christ, and he's going around and he's doing his stuff. And then he, this same person also preaches that, oh, at the crucifixion, that left him. So it was like, bloop, 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 and he was dead. <laughs> you know, and so, and that's not it. So he, they're basically taking away the deity of Christ. They're taking away what Christ said and who he was. And there was another sect as well, this Jewish sect, called the Ebionites, and they believe pretty much the same thing. Again, that Jesus was just so righteous, so good, that, the, that he got these, this Christ ability from heaven to go about and do these things. And they also believe some other goofy stuff, but these are, kind of the, the, these, these are kind of individuals that probably would have been um, in the churches at that time um, talking about these things. And they're basically telling counter of what, the gospel is, of what Jesus had said about himself and what Jesus had, had um, taught the apostles and the disciples, and what the disciples and the apostles are, are talking about. They're countering all of this. You look at, um, and we can go back to Paul. So Paul is, is um, saying his farewell to the elders of, of um, Ephesus, so the see t- Ephesians. So in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 29, and he's talking to them, and he says, I know that false teachers, like vicious wolves, will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even so, men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, my many tears for you. So here the apostle Paul is just like, man, I've just, we've been teaching this truth to you. We've been teaching about Christ and crucified and and his resurrection, his deity, and who he is, and how he came and saved the world, and his excellence, and, his, and he, that he's God, and that you got these false teachers coming in and just messing all that up, and, he's just, and I can just kinda sense what he's feeling, my tears. He's just like, my gosh, I just want them to know the truth. They have to know, they have to know you have these false teachers coming in and just perverting all that. So go on to the next verse. First John chapter 2, verse 19. "They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us, for if they had belonged to us, they would have re- remained with us, but their going show that none of them belonged to us." So again, John is referring to these false teachers, and he's basically saying, "These people were never Christians. They weren't never for us. Their, their whole intention was to, to mess all this up, the, the, the lie and to, and to lead people astray. And so, and so he's basically saying that, you know, if they were Christians, if they were with us, they would have remained with us. But they didn't. They left. They, they went. And so it's so true to the day, today that, you know, we have so many people pro- profess themselves to be Christians and, and all that kind of stuff, but are they really? You really know them by their fruits. You really know them by what they believe. You really know them by how they speak. And so that says a lot. So the next verse, chapter 20, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. So the Holy One has given us this this anointing, the Holy One being Christ, being Jesus, and that anointing being his Holy Spirit. And so it is by the Holy Spirit that we hear from God. It's by the Holy Spirit that we have the truth. He's referred to as the Spirit of truth. And so John is stating to his readers that they, as believers in Christ, they know that these antichrists are not, they don't have that anointing, they don't have that connection. They're not truth truth sayers. But they, they have the knowledge, the truth of Christ through the spirit of truth, and so they know better. So let's go to John 14. It says, the spirit of truth, this is Jesus talking. In verse 17, it says, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And in John 16, verse 13, he says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, again, this is Jesus talking, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So this is it. God, Jesus has given us his anointing. He's breathed on us. He's given this Holy Spirit to us that we may know the truth. And that, and that deceptions will be, hopefully, hard to lead us astray from him. And so that's our focus. So if we don't have that Spirit of truth, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, then that's it easily deceived, you're not walking. You're not walking in the truth. 1 John 2, verse 22, it says, Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So that's it. So you, you get in the pattern here when he's talking about Antichrist. He's talking about those who are denying the Son. So, when you deny the Son, you deny the Father. When you deny Jesus, you deny who God is. You deny God. And so that's, that's it. And so he's making this statement that these antichrists, those who are opposed to what Christ has said about himself, those who are opposed to who Christ is, and all this stuff, they're the antichrists. That's what it is. So it's not just, this is what, and, this is, and the John is basically saying that, yeah, there's a, there's a man of lawlessness that is coming in the end times, but he's warning you, hey, the spirit of antichrist is here already. It's now, these people are amongst you. These people are in your churches. These people are in your your family. These people are in your neighborhoods. These people are next door. These people are in your schools, in your work, wherever. These people are on TV, you know, beware of that. So I'm gonna go 100 miles an hour here. Bear with me here. So in Jesus, so this is what Jesus says. I'm just gonna put on a list of what Jesus is saying about himself. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. John 5, verse 23, again, Jesus speaking, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. John 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. John 14, verse 19, verse 9, sorry, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. John 15, verse 23, whoever hates me hates the Father as well. John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you get, this, you get it here? Jesus is saying, I and the Father are one. When you see me, you see the Father. I am the and God. We are one. And so to reject the Christ is to reject God. To reject Jesus is to reject God. To not believe in what Jesus and what he says is to be antichrist is to reject God. You're not a believer, you're not a Christian. And so it's funny in the world today, and even then and whenever, in this last days, you hear so many people talking about God this and God that and, and all that stuff, but they do not even profess Jesus. They're not even they're not Christians. They're not believers. They're believing in something else. And so this this agnostic thinking, this new knowledge, this new revelation, this new spirituality of how people want to live and how they, how they see things in the world. This is what's denying Christ. Christ has professed who he is and everything. And also to deny Christ is to, believe, is to deny what he has taught about God and about how to, how to live, how we should conduct our lives and stuff like that. That's also kind of a form of being anti-Christ. And so this is the kind of things that, you know, John is warning the, the writers against. It's also the kind of things that Jesus was also talking about in his time. Many deceivers are going to come. They're going to come and deceive you. They're going to come and pull you away. You know, but be on the lookout, that even the elect, those who are chosen to, to you know, go follow the, the gospel and preach it, they're going to be deceived. You know, so be careful, be on your watch. This is what the, the apostles, this is what you see all through Paul's epistles and all through Peter's and everyone else. Beware of false teachers. Beware, 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 beware. And this, this seems to be the, the enemy of the church. We're in these last days. It's the church, you can call it the church age or the, the age of grace or whatever you want to call it. It's just this, there's a, this, the last time of the span of mankind that God is doing his final thing before he resets everything and puts everything back to where it's supposed to be like it was in Eden. That's it. So we're in this final time. It's been about 2,000 years, and we're still going. But to God, you know, it doesn't mean nothing, you know, because he's eternal. You know, to him, it is just a few days. To us, it's like forever. Come back, you know, please. Amen. So the next verse, 1 John 2, 24 as for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. So again, remain in the Son and the Father. You see how John is always the Son and the Father, 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 the and the father are one. This is God, this is God, this is God. Remain in them. This is what a Christian is, a Christian, an anointed one, Christ Christ. We're the little anointed ones. The anointed one, Christ, has breathed on us, given us his spirit, and anointed us to be him, his representatives, his image bearers in this world. So that's a a big deal. So if you're not anointed by him, you're not a Christian. You're not following the ways of Christ. You're denying that. And so so you're either an anti-Christ, an anti-Christian, or you're a Christian. So let's look back at, and so let's go back in the, in the beginning of John's letter, the same letter in 1 John, so in, in um, 1, John, chapter, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, and this is uh, John talking, and he says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen, we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands, he is the word of life, this one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal. He he was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And so you see John is going back and he's saying, look, me... My other brothers and sisters who were disciples and apostles, we walked with Jesus. We were there with him. We were there with him for years. And we touched him and we ate together and we we ministered together and we went through all these things and we saw what he did and we saw who he was. And we saw him, you know, calm the storm and walk on water and and do great miracles. and, And we saw him, you know, glorified and we saw him raised from the dead and we saw him among us come back, you know, after he raised from the dead for 40 days and he appeared to 500 people and all that kind of stuff. There are testimonies of that he exists and that he bodily raised, not just some spirit, not some ghost. He was, he was God. He is God. He is glorified. And so, he, so God is just saying, look, John is saying, look, we were there. We saw this. We testify of this. This is why it is such a big deal. We are dying for this. I also want to put out too that while, while John is writing this letter to these people, he's basically like the last apostle. You know, it's, it's all these decades later, later and he's just all, all of his, um, his friends are gone, you know. They've been crucified, they've been put to death, they've been imprisoned and murdered and all these kind of things. So to him, this is the last hour. Alright, so go back to this, this passage again. So he talks about in verse 24, in John chapter 2, verse John chapter 2, as, as for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. So we, he's talking about in the beginning. This is the gospel that we taught you. Hold on to that. Don't let someone else come in here and teach you something new. You know, muck all this up. You know, because what we taught you, this is it. This is the truth. Stay with it. Stay firm with it. You know, don't listen to anybody else. And so he's trying to, trying to relay this to him. But the next part of this is, that he's saying remain in this because there's a promise eternal life. So regarding the promise of eternal life, we know the scripture John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so let's look at what Jesus says about eternal life. Jesus says in John chapter 6 verse 40, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day." Jesus speaking again in John 10, verse 27, "'My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand.'" John chapter 3, verse 36, again, Jesus speaking, "'Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. And then lastly, again, Jesus speaking, John 17, verse 3, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus said, this is eternal life, to know God, this, and to know here is this intimate, almost like a marriage-like intimacy, to know God, to know Jesus, and have this be done forever, that this eternal life starts now. As soon as you, you, you accept Jesus, that you call upon him, it starts now, this eternal life, and it goes on. And so to know God, to walk with him, to go in his, to walk in his fellowship and his truth and all that, that's knowing him, being intimate with him. But the problem is, as you read these scriptures, you talk, you talk about those who've left, those who are against Christ, and those who, are, who don't follow the truth, because they never knew they never know, know him and the reason why they don't know him is because they don't try they don't want to know because they want their own way they want to go their own path they want autonomy they, they don't want to deal with all that so this intimacy with god this is eternal life into and, and this is what god is doing what he wanted to do from the beginning again it was never his attention for the world to be like it is it is like it is because Mankind made it the way it is because of sin, through sin, wanted to go and do their own thing. And so the world ends up like it is. But God's whole intention was to have mankind be his children and for it to be like Eden from the beginning and for them to share an eternal life from the beginning. And eternal life, this Zoe life, is what God is. It's his fullness, it's His his love, his goodness, the joy of just, experiencing life in itself the joy of that's why we enjoy life we don't want to, a lot of most people don't want to die we want to keep living and you know that's why you can put a gun to somebody and they'll tell you anything just don't kill me you know my wife's in the back just you know you know you know. if you love your wife don't do that but a lot of times people do anything they just not to die because we value life it's because we come from a God of life we don't come from from a God of death and so we want to experience life so God's promise Jesus has promised his eternal life is to share in who he is. He's eternal. He's gonna go on forever. And so God is like, I want you guys with me forever. And not to torment us, not to torture us, not to make us slaves or robots. There's a reason why the world is like it is because he's given us freedom. But he's, he's trying to help us to think like him, to be his children so that as when we're free, you know, we know how to do the right thing and not mess everything up. But as of now, we're still working on that. But we think, we thank God for Jesus, that he sent, that he came, he became the perfect one. The, the, the other thing is that um, these deniers, these antichrists, don't really believe that Jesus was fully perfect. You know, so that, you know, he was good enough for a while to, you know, be this Christ and, um, and do these things, but he wasn't fully God, he wasn't fully perfect. He was, he was no different from us. But from the, what the gospels and what Jesus says, he was way more than us. He was the perfect, the perfect being, the perfect human. He was God coming down, making himself known to us so that we can see him, that we may know him. All right, so 1 John chapter 2, verse 26. These are the last two verses we're going to dive into in this letter here, this part of the letter. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, And you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So again, he's talking about, and John understands the people he's talking to. He's writing to these people. He's like, look, I know you guys know this stuff. You guys know the truth. You have the anointing. You, You know, the Holy Spirit's with you you guys know this stuff. You guys know about these, these people who are teaching you false things and leading you astray and are trying to do all this stuff. You guys know about that. But we see he's pretty much saying, I'm just trying to get you guys, just, I'm just confirming this to you that this stuff is happening and that we are in the last days and these things are, these are, things are happening. But in, in all this, while it's happening, remain in, remain in him, remain in Jesus, remain in this truth that you have. Don't let anyone uh, lead you astray. And he's, he's saying here that the anointing you receive from him remains in you. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. So what he's saying here, is like, look, you don't need some man. You don't need anyone coming here telling you new revelation and new, you know, a new gospel and all that kind of stuff like that. You know the truth. You remain in this. Remain in what the Holy Spirit is showing you. Remain in what Jesus taught and what we've taught you and what we told you about. Remain in this stuff. There is no new. There is nothing changing. Remain in this. Don't be deceived. You, say you don't need anyone, anyone trying to enlighten you with some kind of new knowledge. And it is that Jesus is forever the same. That's, that's the point. Okay. So you ever, you ever hate when you're um, there's like a product that you really like or that you use all the time and you go to the store and you just you don't even have to read it. You just know where to find it. You know what it looks like and stuff like that. And then one day you go back, and it's been like years you've been buying this stuff. And you go back, and you're like, "Whoa, wait, where is it?" Man, you know. And you're looking for like five minutes, and you, and you pull up something, and you're like, "Is that it?" And you're just trying to figure it out. And yeah, it's like this the right ingredients, I don't know. And you feel like they changed the packaging on you, and it's like, "Oh man," you know. And so and I was like, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, that's it. You know, put it in the basket, and you're hoping. Hmm. You look back at it again, and you're trying to find it, and it's like, yeah. So that's how, you know, Jesus doesn't change. You don't have to, he's not going to change up on you. you, Is that him? Is that, do I know that that's Jesus? Is that God? Is that right? I don't know. Is the Holy Spirit? No, you don't have to do that. He's, Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's it. He's not going to change. And so we have this foundation. He's a firm foundation. We just, we just sung about this morning. Christ is a firm foundation. He's a rock. He is not changing. He is not moving. He's forever the same. You know, so we don't have to have this, this idea that other people are trying to teach. Oh, he's, he's, um, he's adapting to us. You know, he's changing. You know, he's this and he's that. No. He's forever the same. Amen. He doesn't change. So this is something as believers that we need to realize and that John is trying to talk to them in, the, in his time as well as today. Jesus does not change. And so don't be fooled by another gospel. Don't be fooled by some new knowledge. Don't even be fooled by these philosophers who don't even profess God, don't even profess Christ. They're trying to tell you that, um, oh, well, this is the truth. The truth is science. Oh, the truth is this. The truth is that. It's like that's their own unlevel ground, their own sand. You know, they have no foundation. And so Christ, who is the foundation of truth, you can build science on that. You can build... You know, theology, which is the study of God. You could build philosophy, which is the study of just the, the psyche and stuff like that. But if you, you have it on the truth, like a pyramid, have it on the truth, truth being the foundation of Christ, then all that stuff works. But without that, without the truth, then it's just all mixed faultiness. You got you get falsehood with truth just mixed up in there. So think about your favorite bowl of cereal with a drop of sewage in it. Is that still a good bowl of cereal? Are you going to eat that? No. If you're nasty, you will. You know, <laughs> or if you don't know that it's in there, and someone's telling you, "Oh, you don't want to eat that." There's a drop of in there. <laughs> so, what are you talking about? It tastes fine, you know. So that's how a lot of us are. You just want that bowl, and you're just eating it. It's, dude. It's, it's no longer any good. You got sewage in there. It's gross. It's defiled. It's impure. It is no longer true. And so we can't go on living life like this where we're thinking that, yeah, as long as there's, a, there's a, 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 a bit of Jesus in there or a bit of God or a bit of truth in there, it's okay. Oh, they're talking about God, so they must be okay. No, it's not. So abide in him. Abide in the truth. And so this is why we make a big deal about the Bible. The Bible is the, that foundation of truth. God has given us this truth. He's, he's used... all all these people throughout all these centuries to put his truth together and build it for us. And so we have this. And so in this world there's so much, so much stuff, so much smoke and mirrors, so much knowledge, quote unquote. And there's just so much of it, but we have this one truth to hold on to and he's made it so easy for us. But yeah, we we we, we, we wonder and we go astray and we listen to so many different voices that we think, well, it can't just be the only way. Jesus himself said, I am the way. No one gets to the Father but through me. There are no other religions that lead to to God. Jesus is the way. Jesus is God. Christians, anointed ones, this is who we are. This is who we serve. He is the one. He is it. We follow him. We die for him because we know that he is it. This is what John is talking about. He is it. We've seen him. we touched him. we walked with him. We've seen what he's done. He is the Christ. He's the anointed one. He is God. And so stop all this. There is no new revelation. It is here. The truth is here. So remain in the Bible. Remain in the Spirit. So you can't have one without the other. Like Frank Sinatra talked about love and marriage. Love and marriage. You can't have one without the other. You can't, in Christianity, you can't have the Word and the Spirit without the other. You've got to have the Word. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is confirming, declaring, and teaching you what he has said, Jesus has said. The Word is refilling God's nature, God's purpose, His story, His love, His uh, his gospel, what He's done, who He is to you. That's His Word. That's the Bible. If you don't understand the Bible, come to church. Learn. It's that easy. You know, stop going out on your own and trying to do all these other things. Stop listening to other people who don't know nothing. They don't know nothing. They don't have the anointing. They don't have the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus has given us. And so we are so like children, like lost sheep, itching, trying to find something that sounds good to us when the truth is right there in front of us. And the Bible is so good. God's gospel, God's word is so good. But the problem is is that people misrepresented the word and has used it for so long to to condemn people and to condemn groups and stuff like that. So this is why people, look at Christians like this because the misuse of the name, the misuse of the word, the misuse of, of Jesus' name, this um, taking his name in vain, it's because of that that people turn away. So, that's why it's important for us to appoint people to Jesus. Don't point them to us. Don't point them to me. You point them to Jesus. Jesus is the way. Don't follow me. I'm, I'm just like you. I am messed up. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get it right. I'm trying to stay the path. But Jesus is the perfect one. He is God. He came bodily in the flesh, and he is forever glorified. He died for our sins. He died for the sins of the world, and that's it. This is the gospel, y'all. This is what we teach. This is what we walk on. This is what we build our life and our faith on. It's this one, this Christ, and this is why we bear the name Christian, Christian, and anointed ones. Amen. And so let's go out, and let's make that, make that known to everybody. Make that known to the world. This is it. We don't, we don't follow a bowl of cereal with sewage in it, we want, we want the real thing, and forever. He does not change. He does not change, so stay firm. And so this abiding, and let's just kind of pull together what John's talking about. His whole purpose is to say, okay, here, we're in the last days, and we, I can clearly say that today, we are in the last days. We know that, you know, is, we just know. And that we know, also know in our, in our culture there's many different types of teachings Many different types of lessons, many different types of voices, and all kinds of things. And those, these people might, might even mean well, but it's, it's deceptive. You know, it is not pointing you towards Jesus. And so that's why you should remain your focus. And so, God, and so John is telling us, look, remain in this that you've learned. Remain in this truth that you don't fall away. And also remember this promise that he's given us, eternal life, and it starts now when you begin to know, intimately know God, intimately begin to know Jesus, to know the Father, you start this eternal life, this life that's above this human life that only we can kind of see and realize. There's a life beyond this. So that's why as Christians, we make a big deal about, you know, when we pray, things happen, things change. When we walk in the faith, you know, we're, we're above what the, you know, we're above the, the laws of the world, basically. You know, in in a sense that, I don't know where I'm going with that, but we live an abundant life beyond that, which is a normal life, right? And so, that's our focus. Remain in him. Don't get out of that. Don't listen to somebody else. Remain in him, and don't be deceived. Amen. 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 All right. So, let's just take... um, Let's just remember who we are. And my, I have the same kind of unction that John has is that we want people to realize the truth. And even my, my own brothers and sisters here in the church and who might be watching and everywhere else in the world, let's, let's don't deceive ourselves to think that, okay, in America, in the West, that everything is good, that we're, we're supposed to be this Christian nation and, and that um, we're supposed to rule from the, from the Capitol building and all that kind of stuff. We are the anointed ones, individuals, and we are to share the gospel. We are to represent God to the world. It doesn't need to happen from the presidency. It doesn't need to happen from Congress. It doesn't need to happen from, you know, your place of, of, of employment or whatever. It happens with us as individuals in our home, in our jobs, in our schools, and stuff like that. We are to be that light. We are the anointed ones, you know, if you abide, by, abide in him. That is it. And so have this mentality to remember this, that Jesus is Christ and we are his, and he has given us this anointing to be him on this earth, to represent him. Amen. So we also gotta remember that our own brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are persecuted for their beliefs over in Africa, over in the Middle East, over in India, over in China, and you know, they're suffering, they're, they're being put to death. They're, going to, they're being put in prisons because of their faith, because of their truth. And so we should be very thankful, as this 4th of July, very thankful that we have this freedom that I can come up here, that we can be here and, just, and preach the truth and not have to worry about someone coming through these doors and arresting us or killing us or whatever, or threatening our families and all those kind of things. So let's remember that freedom when we're barbecuing on Tuesday and, and all those kind of things. I'll try to, but usually I'm worried about burning the burgers. But um, <laughs> Let's just remember to take a moment of that, just to remember that. And, but also to pray for those of our brothers and sisters in Christ and other parts of the world who do not have that freedom and, um, and who are being persecuted and who are being put to death and imprisoned and enslaved and whatever else because of they believe in the true one and they're not going to budge because they know he is it he's the truth so remember that i just want to put that little nugget in there so that's it i just want to encourage you guys just to just be an attitude of prayer and uh this this holiday and as, as you go out and and do all that stuff and just to remember and i'm also going to just go ahead and close out in prayer and as i'm praying that the prayer partners can c- go ahead and come on up and uh, I. I you know, this is a, a teaching today about pretty much the gospel of who Jesus is. And so if you do not know Jesus and you're just not sure, take this time today to, to make that sure. And um, to come up here and to have these, have these fine people pray, pray with you and, and just kind of help you. And it's not about just praying some magical prayer, but it's about you just declaring, like, yeah, I, I, I need to know. I need to, walk in, I need to walk with Jesus. I need the truth. And uh, just let it be made known today. And after that, come back and continue to learn and continue to grow and, um, and let, let God work with you. I actually needed some water. <laughs> let God work with you um, this day. Let eternal life begin today. Um, and if you strayed away from him, also make it, make it today that you come back and just follow the path and keep going and abide in him. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, we worship you and we thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace. God, that you see us, that you know us, God, and we thank you, God, that you have given us eternal life, that those of us who come to you, those of us who believe unto you, God, that you will just make us new, restore us, wash away our sins, and that we may be anew and that we can just say, okay, my focus is on you. And we thank you, God, for your love and your grace that you know, God, that we are mortal, that we're gonna mess up, but as long as we're loyal to you, as long as we're going after you, as long as we're following you, you are faithful and you keep us and you love us and you restore us and we can just keep going until we are forever glorified with you to your glory and your praise. And so God, I just pray for this holiday that we thank you for our country, we thank you for our nation, we pray for our leaders and we pray that all will be well as we glorify you, as we walk in your ways and as we preach your word and your gospel, let it be known that our God reigns and that our, and that our God is forever love and glorious. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.